On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we'll break down Arthur Betterbiev versus Anthony Yard. That is a big matchup at 175 pounds. We got some news. Anthony Joshua looks like he has a fight date and an opponent. Josh Taylor fight looks like it's delayed again. Jake Paul is getting back into the ring. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live, episode 207. This is a product of John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio. He is former world champion Chris Algieri. He is on location. Looks like he's in an interrogation room. Where are you, Chris? Tell us where you're at and what you're doing. I am in the lovely and scenic Plant City, Florida, Yikes. which if you have never been here, I don't suggest visiting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got, we got fights tonight. I'm, I'm working with Pro Box TV. We got some great matchups tonight um it's a it's a new network new platforms so which is good we got more boxing and we got wednesday night live fights which is awesome it's back to the days of, of espn tuesday night fights wednesday night fights friday night fights a little mid midweek boxing action can't hurt i don't understand why they don't do more of these like midweek like why does it have to be friday why does it have to be saturday i understand like a venue wise and it has to do with getting people to show up and but like it's more about tv i feel like in my opinion boxing so like we need more midweek so i think that's cool um brings you back to the usa boxing days tuesday night fights yeah you to see that yep. and then you're on the call with claudia and marquez again uh paulie malinaji claudia oh, trejo gotcha. uh we got mike goldberg um Juan marcus we're, we're, we're doing simultaneous english and spanish wow. so on the english side it'll be myself paulie and mike goldberg and then the, the Spanish version is Juan and Claudia. So I know fighters have like pre-fight superstitions and regimens and schedules. Do you have a pre-fight broadcast? Because I have my own. What are yours? I do. I actually run sprints. Usually I'm in a hotel, so I run sprints. In the on suit? A <laughs> I like the shadow box in the suit. Not so much sprints because I'm going to sweat. But no, no. Um, no, like, like, like during the day before. I work out a lot when I'm on location for for fights. I, I want to feel like a fighter. Fight week energy is is hard to sh shake off for me. So I always feel like I'm I got to make weight or I'm training or I got to be super sharp for fight night. So I like to run sprints because it wakes me up, gets the energy, gets energy up, gets the oxygen up. You do those in and, the uh, in the that, hallway I, of the hotel. Yeah, I mean, what, what, whatever's clever. If it's cold out, then yeah, it can happen. Does anyone ever pop out of their room and then you just barrel them over? I've I've jumped around a few people. I I got some pretty good jukes, so you know, bouncing around people in the hallways. All right, so check out Chris over uh, on Pro Box TV. Love uh, up and coming fighters. They're doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, big fight this weekend over in the light heavyweight division. It's Arthur Betterbiev and Anthony Yard. We will get to that. Uh, there are a lot of headlines. We like to get to all the headlines this week. We put a little twist on it. We're going to play a little fact or fiction around some of the biggest headlines in boxing. And we'll start it off with Jake Paul, our favorite topic here on Inside Boxing Live. He is we'll be fighting Tommy Fury February 25th, so they say. Third time's a charm here. Saudi Arabia, so that shouldn't be a problem for Tommy Fury entering uh, that country, he's not banned from that country, so there shouldn't be any issues there. Um, we don't know where it's going to be. I heard from a few sources that it, it could be on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, uh, if you're into those types of things, where you're going to see it. But fact or fiction, Chris, Jake Paul will get universal credit for beating a boxer in Tommy Fury. Fiction. 
is is Tommy Fury even a boxer at this point? I mean, Jake Paul actually yes. fights more than him. So I think he's in the gym more than than Tommy Fury is. He fights more often. He's more relevant than Tommy Fury. Um, the only reason we are even talking about Tommy Fury is because his last name is Fury. And I think he's I don't think he's like, what is his relation to, to Tommy? He's a cousin half or? brother of Tyson Fury. Half brother. OK, same dad, I mean, different mom. Well, he doesn't have the same talent. That's for that's for damn sure. Anywhere near. Um, but I don't know. I think I think casuals will be like, yeah, he beat a boxer. But I think people who are that's in the know are not going to give credit. Yeah, that's why I'm going fact here, because many already trotting out the narrative that Tommy Fury is a boxer because of the things you just listed. He's the brother of Tyson Fury. He's eight. No, he's been a pro since whatever. But let's be honest. Tommy Fury is not on the same level as Jake Paul. Tommy Fury is as much of a pro boxer as me or Ronnie. Um, he's just got the name. But I do think the majority of people that watch Jake Paul fights, and I really don't think they're the hardcore fans, are, yeah. um, will say, oh, my God, this is a boxer. Like, this this is this is Tyson Fury's brother. This guy is 8-0. Like, if you take a look at his past opponents, they've all been MMA guys uh, or NBA players. I think he'll, he will get credit, and I think this is why he's going to the well once again to get this well, fight is so Joe that he Rogan can say – on, on some crazy rant when he was talking to um, Portnoy. Uh, Dave Portnoy. Like, oh, no, he's a good – he's a good – no, he's not. No, he's not, Joe. Joe, you, like, I, I understand you know fight sports. You, you don't know boxing. You're looking at this guy, and he's, he's, he's not a good boxer. He's, uh, he's, he's barely a journeyman. Yeah, but I do think he'll get. I do think like Jake Paul is, is a. He's smart. Like he's a marketing guy. He he understands uh, all that. And I think that if he can, if he can knock out Tommy Fury or, or beat Tommy Fury, he can say, you know what, I beat a boxer now. I beat a guy that's related to the heavyweight champion. Um, I can X that one out before I go on to MMA. And I think that's why he took the fight. And I think it, it will do well. But I also think that he is going to get credit for beating a boxer. Although it, it's once again, it comes with like an asterisk and a caveat that the guy isn't really that good. Listen, I don't know if he beats Tommy Fury. Even even though I just said all I said, I'm not sure he actually beats Tommy Fury. He he still can lose. I I think he beats. I think he's the he'll be a favorite. I think he just trains way more. He's dedicated yeah. way more to the sport than Tommy is. I've, there's a reason he keeps pulling out of these fights, Fury. Um, whether you want to blame it on the visa issues or the fact that like he just kind of knows. That he uh, is not going to win, and you have Tyson. Oh, and if he loses, his career is absolutely over. Well, he doesn't really have a career to begin with, so you might as well just cash out yeah. and make two million or whatever the offer is, and and go back to doing whatever he does over in the in the UK, like reality shows and stuff. But did you see uh, Tyson Fury said if you if he loses, he might as well just stay in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly think that's a big reason why that he keeps like coming up with excuses not to fight. Because like I, I feel like he doesn't really want to. I feel like he never really wanted to get into the sport. But if you have the last name Fury, you almost have to. And maybe he just wants to be like a whatever he does, like a like a reality guy, reality star t uh, personality. He really doesn't want to be a fighter, and he's maybe crying out for help with all these times that he pulls out of these fights. Yeah, I mean, well, that's another thing. Is is the fight actually going to happen? Because it was scheduled. What is this, the third time? Third time's a charm. This is this yeah, is it. They're maybe. going back to the well again. There isn't a lot of options for, for Jake Paul. Um, yeah, this is the third time they're doing it. It's funny because now that we're getting some big fights coming down the pipeline, like, you know, Inouye Fulton and Benavidez Plant and uh, Garcia Tank and Wilder Ruiz, like, this Jake Paul 
in the boxing headlines keeps going down, down, further and further and further, which it honestly Good. should be. And I think Jake Paul yeah. would actually agree with that too. It's like it's it's more healthy when it's the Jake Paul fights are added to the big fights. It's a supplemental way of boxing, not the main not the main fight on a schedule. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's a sideshow. And and listen, I'm not saying eventually the kid can't actually be something that matters more than he is now. But right now he's a sideshow because he's still this would be the first time he's fighting a quote unquote boxer. But you said he doesn't have a lot of options. Well, why not? I'm sure there's a ton of guys all around his weight class that are clamoring to get that fight, but they're not willing to risk it because he's not ready to fight those guys. At some time, if he if he beats like top 20 guys, top 15 guys, then. Okay, maybe we can talk about it. And like you said, he can move up the you know yeah. the ladder in terms of how much it matters. You know that he's fighting. But th- th- what is Tommy Fury ranked? Is he ranked? Does anybody, no, no, does no, it no. matter? I don't think he's ever okay. fought past so, like six rounds. Right, it's a sideshow, and and uh, we got to stop treating it like it's not. I'm actually excited for it. I I, I like these fights. I like uh, Jake Paul fights, and and I will be watching. I think it has a good storyline. And I do think I that thir- Jake- thoroughly disagree with you on that. One. I don't <laughs> like Jake Paul fights. And I do I, think I, that he will get credit for it. Let's go over to heavyweights. Anthony Joshua, another uh, big time topic here on the show, uh, week after week. He now has an opponent and a fight date. It's April first. Jermaine Franklin, who just came off of a split decision loss or a decision loss, many thought he won over Dillian White. Uh, I like this fight. Uh, fact or fiction, Anthony Joshua will knock out Jermaine Franklin on April 1st. Fact. He will knock out Jermaine Franklin. Um, I don't like this fight. We get Joshua, sure, he's coming off a loss, but he's coming off, off a very high-profile loss against you know, potentially the, the, the best heavyweight on the planet. Um, and he's fighting a guy who just lost to, to a former foe of Joshua. I, I don't like it on paper. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't look good timing wise. If, if Jermaine Franklin had beaten white, sure. Fight makes a lot more sense, but yeah, I don't love it. He, but Joshua should, should knock him out. And I hope he does because I like when Anthony Joshua fights. I like when he's fighting. I like when he's relevant. It's also good when he knocks people out. I think it's good for his psyche. Yes. Uh, I actually disagree. I think this is a good fight. I mean, Jermaine Franklin, I thought he beat Dillian white. I think a lot of fight fans thought so as well. It didn't get his hand raised. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Fought, fought well for sure. Yeah, showed, I, showed a lot of showed a lot of mustard. Yeah, I don't like that they're using this fight to potentially build a Dillian White fight. I think that we've talked about that in the past. Like that's ridiculous. Like there's no reason to marinate a, a rematch between Joshua and Dillian White from years ago, where Dillian White is not the same level. That part I I don't like. But if you take a look what what Jermaine Franklin is good at, he has fast hands. He's a very yeah. good boxer. Uh, he's got good movement. And but he does not, yeah, combinations, but does not have power. So right. he's also never been stopped before. He's a really good chin. Never been stopped uh, in his career. He took some bombs from White, like big, big shots. I was super impressed that he, you know, didn't got hurt definitely, but didn't got wobbled and right right the ship immediately. Never went down. Never looked like he was close to going down. So yeah, good point. Did take some bombs, but there's different. I think I think the power of Joshua is still. Is has better power than Dillian White. He's still explosive. He's still, you know, like, uh, uh, listen. <laughs> I don't, people can't write off Anthony Joshua. He is a uh, uh, he's a freak athlete for one, and he's also super talented with tons of experience. You know, he's he's had a, a bad run, you know, but he's losing to the best guys around. You know, it's not the you know, best guy, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you, you can't write off someone like like Anthony Joshua. I don't I don't I don't think he's done yet. And especially with the way that that looks like they're moving him to, to rebuild. You know, he's he's going to be in with those big top guys again. Yeah. So you're saying rebuild, which I agree with. I think everyone can agree that they, they are rebuilding him. And but Jermaine Franklin is is you know, a good fighter. Like I was expecting someone even lower down on, on the list. So I, I do give him credit for that. I do think he will knock him out. I do think he needs a knockout. I got some pushback on social media yesterday when I said that this is a good fight or a good test for, for Joshua because if he can't stop Jermaine Franklin, if he doesn't drop him at least once or twice, there are going to be some questions. There are going to be the same old questions. Is Joshua, is that fire gone? Is he too much of a, too passive inside of the ring? So they found an opponent that is credible. I found an opponent that arguably beat uh, his future opponent in Dillian White. And they found someone in Franklin that doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, so he, uh, Joshua will be able to stand and trade and deliver a knockout. Because I really do believe he needs a knockout. This is heavyweight boxing. He's rebuilding his image. If he doesn't get three or four knockdowns, or at least, he needs to stop Jermaine Franklin to kind of catapult him back into the discussion so we could face a Wilder or uh, the winner of Joshua and, excuse me, of Fury Nusik. I absolutely agree on that point. He definitely needs a knockout. I do believe he's going to get it. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, look at look at the Andy Ruiz rematch. He fought cautiously. He didn't get a knockout. He got raked across the coals in, in, in the media. You know, he he needs knockouts. I mean, he's he knocked everybody else out. So it, it, now all of a sudden he's not going for it, and, you know, that, that leaves the door open for criticism. But in this fight, uh, he – yeah, it matters. He's got to get a knockout, and that will bring him right back. If he goes out there and, and smashes Franklin in a couple rounds – well, that's the best 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 thing that can happen for boxing. Because like, okay, good, we got Anthony Joshua back, the the you know the the destroyer. So let's go and move on to the next fight. Don't you, don't you think that's why they picked Franklin? Like, you know, he's yeah. does have a good chin, never been knocked out. So if they if he does knock him out, that's an impressive talking point, and also the the lack of power. Like yeah, I I said I don't like it because of the paper on uh, you know just on paper the fact that he lost to. Why and I was coming off that and like, yeah yeah okay that but yes in terms of rebuilding a fighter it's a great fight yeah and they say oh Joshua this is the, one of the the most this is a top five heavyweight he should be in there with, with big names keep in mind his last two fights were against back to back fights against Usyk has one of the better resumes of the active fighters heavyweights today Joshua also has a new trainer in in yeah. in uh, Derek uh, what's his name why am I forgetting Derek James Derek James yes Derek James yep. so that is a big those are some big adjustments here, and he's going to be training over here in the in the U.S. and Texas. So all in all, I think this is a good fight, and I do think Joshua will get a stoppage win, and that will be very good for boxing, Chris. I agree with you there. All right, some news over at 154. Uh, this weekend was supposed to be Jamel Charlo versus Tim Zhu uh, over on Showtime. Uh, Charlo broke his hand in multiple spots. He's going to be shelved for a while. There were some questions on whether Tim Zhu was going to find a new fight or that he was going to wait for Jamel Charlo because you got to figure here, this is a unification battle or undisputed fight, and uh, Zhu doesn't want to uh, lose his spot in line. I think this is awesome. He is now fighting Tony Harrison uh, over in Australia uh, sometime, I think, March 12th. You're going to see it over on Showtime, uh, regular Showtime. So I'll ask you, Chris, fact or fiction, Tony Harrison will fight Jermell Charlo for a third time in 2023 for the Undisputed 154 title. Fiction. I don't think Tony Harrison is going to get past Zoo. Remember, you, you asked me, what, is, what does Zoo do now? And I said, go back to Australia and get a fight with somebody that is a name that you can beat 
It's exactly what's going on. I, I really think these these promoters and managers are watching our show because they're 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 following suit with everything we. Chris do is right again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually but thought Tony he was going to stay in the U.S., but you're right. He's fighting over yeah. in Australia. Tony uh, Tony Harrison's a. I think it's a great matchup. It's a great fight. I, Tony Harrison's very good. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of him and his boxing style. Um, you know, he he gave Charlo fits uh, both times they fought. So beat him. It's a. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Beat him and, and then, you know, got stopped in the in the rematch. Very capable guy. And it's a it's going to be a good litmus, a good test for for Tim Zhu, because if he gets past him. Cool. We got a, we got a real we got a live dog to to upset the champ. Um, and if not, we know that Tim Zhu's not not the guy that deserves that that Charlo fight. So. It's yeah, hard to it's, it's hard for me to kind of really figure out what exactly Tim Zhu is. Like obviously you got the crushing power, uh son of a legend. You know, but struggled in uh his last fight. Um there are some out there that think that Harrison will be able to box circles around Tim Zhu because think about Harrison, he's a very very good boxer. Also very has good. power too. He's 29 and 3. He's got 21 knockouts. So it's not like he's yeah. like a, you know, a I wouldn't say pillow like a light punching uh, super middleweight. This guy, or excuse me, junior middleweight. He's got 21 knockouts. The only thing is, like, he's a little. He's been a little inactive over the last couple of years. He was on a quite a run. Is he being a trainer? He is, is the trainer, trainer of Belisha Bumgarner. That's a pretty cool wrinkle too. Like, he could be. Yeah. If he if he wins this fight against Zoo and then he fights Charlo and somehow beats Charlo, these are very very tough tasks. He could be undisputed at 154 and also train. An undisputed fighter in, in Alicia Baumgartner. I don't think that's ever been done. No, I mean I can't imagine, but I love it. I, I love I love I love when you an active fighter is working with other fighters. I mean, it does take away for their own career, but I mean, he's obviously very capable himself. And then for him to share share his knowledge and his his boxing expertise, I think it's great. So he he was knocked out by Charlo in the eleventh round in twenty nineteen. He drew with Bryant Perella. Um, I think we can all agree that Harrison's a better fighter than Brian Pearl. That was in 2021. So he took 2020 off. And then he had one fight in 2022 against Sergio Garcia, who is a that's a guy from Spain who has got a really good motor, uh, gave Fundora some issues, and he got a unanimous, unanimous decision win uh, there. So I think Harrison's a live dog. I think it's almost like a pick em fight. Uh, credit to both guys for, for doing this. Credit to Tim Zhu for not sitting around waiting on Charlo or, or taking a tune-up fight. Going right in there with a top five guy at 154 in, in Harrison. Harrison could have probably waited too and seen how this played out uh, and got the winner of this. But this is what boxing is all about. This is uh, the fights that we want to see. And uh, that's Tony Harrison and Tim Zhu over on March 12th. I actually think that Zhu will find a way to stop him. I think it will stop him late, uh, and he'll will bang the drum for for Charlo. Hopefully, Charlo can get back, man. I don't know what's going on with the hand rate. Like they show that he broke in two spots during sparring, so it's not just like one like a hairline fracture. This is two spots enough for them to schedule another fight and Showtime to be like okay with it, and that sucks because Jamal Charlo is one of the, the the better fighters in boxing, but he's now fighting once a year, which is not great. No, and and someone who's had hand injuries. Like myself, throughout my career, they, they're they're never the same. It, it, you you just you're dealing with a different hand now, a, a different bones. It's just different. And I was talking to Paulie about this too because he had a lot of hand problems early on as well. Uh, yeah, once once you once you break your hand, it's it's never the same. I don't care what surgeon you have. 
there's no there's no surgeon as good as as the man upstairs so uh, trying to re redo anatomy doesn't doesn't really work so yeah it's it, it hopefully he recovers well and he's able to you know to fight around it but yeah um it's better when when these types of guys are active yeah, for sure. The, the guys who are at the top of the weight divisions, you know, it's 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 better for the sport. But although none of, none of the PBC guys are ever active, so I guess we're we're wishing on something like that. Well, at least with real, this one, it's an injury. Reality. At least with this one, it's yeah. like it's not like there's like his brother Jamal Charlo, who I have no idea what's going on. We'll, we'll transition right into that one. Fact or fiction? There will be a unification bout this year at middleweight. Um, Liam Smith now in the mix at 160. Golovkin is a unified champion at 41 years old. Didn't his last fight was at 168. You got Jamal Charlo has one fight since 2020. You got Jana Beck, the WBO champ, who no one wants to get into the ring with. Will any of those champions fight each other in 2023? Fact or fiction? Or I should, that's a question. I should say it. Uh, there will be a unification about this year at middleweight. Fact or fiction? Hard to say, but I kind of feel like no. I feel like it's not going to happen. Like, it's a, unfortunately, because I still think, uh, I mean, th th some breath was 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 blown back into the middleweight division with the upset last weekend of, of Liam Smith over Chris Eubank Jr. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's been a desert. It's been a desert. There's there's talented guys there, but there's there's no momentum. There's no talk. Um, and yeah, this, as we know, Dan, these years fly out, fly by quick. These months fall off the calendar very very fast. So even though it's the beginning of the year, it's January, I still feel like we're a long way off from from even the talks of, of having a unification bout because that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of buildup to that kind of fight. The one that makes the most sense would be Charlo versus Golovkin. So that would mean Golovkin somehow working out a deal to fight with the PBC. That would mean parts on that, on that Charlo. Matter. Yeah, exactly. That would mean Charlo being active, first of all, uh, and jumping right in after not fight, fighting once in since 2020 into a Golovkin fight, even though I think Charlo could probably uh, come out on top in that one. Um, Janabek is not fighting anyone on, on PBC side. Janabek probably not fighting no. Golovkin. It's not looking if you good. you have to fight Janabek, you won't fight Janabek. Actually, I don't know. Do you th I think he's a little – I think that they were kind of pumping him up, so it's like kind of how they did Golovkin early on. Like they're trying to – ESPN is like taking notes from HBO when it comes to marketing – uh, this guy, his Twitter is not run by him, and it's just like really strange. And also, I think the last fight, I wouldn't say he was exposed, but you saw him go rounds, and he wasn't like a knockout, like a you know, just running through guys. He wasn't a destroyer, yeah. But I, I've called his fights firsthand. I've been I've been live with him. the guy can really fight. He's and he's got a tough style. Um, so, and he just doesn't have the name yet. That's, that's what, what that's, it is. That's another that's another reason why these guys. If you don't have to fight Janabek, you're not. Exactly, it's the risk reward. Work. Yeah, the the win does what, and the loss is, is really deleterious to your career. So yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not the kind of fight that anyone's going to clamor for. Another division that is has a lot of talent, but there is a lot of games being played. There's a lot of injuries. Uh, Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, postponed again indefinitely. Plantar fasciitis, a tear of the arch of the foot, on Josh Taylor. Didn't stop him from being ringside for the Liam Smith fight, hopping up out of his chair and trying to fight Jack Catterall, who was ringside. Uh, this came like an hour or two after they announced that the fight was going to be postponed. Then you see Josh Taylor just trying to fight, literally ringside. And everyone's like, oh, if he can hop up off his f like that fast, then he should be able to fight, whatever. They're not fighting anytime soon. It's supposed to be f March, I think. So I'll ask you, um, Josh Taylor will defend... 
his 140-pound belts in 2023, fact or fiction? I'm leaning towards fiction. Unfortunately, uh, I, he's been out of. Yeah, unfortunately, I I, I think we're we're getting into a a routine here. Uh, these fights falling through, and this is a snake bitten fight, and I think it's just going to be that way. Poor Jack Catterall. Um, he had the fight of his life, and and came out on the wrong side of a decision that many people thought that he won. Um, and they're trying to make this rematch, in which I think Josh Taylor is going to win. I think he's just the, he's a better all around fighter. Um, he just had a bit, an off night, but. I don't know. There's a lot of reports of Josh Taylor who tends to blow up in between fights and likes to party and likes to hang out and likes to get himself into trouble outside of the ring. And that that never, never works out in the long run for guys in their careers. You know, um, it would be a shame because I think Josh Taylor is a real talent, and especially at 140. But I don't see him doing anything at 47. I don't if, if he can't make 40, I, I don't think he fits in with those guys up there. Um there's a big difference. Listen, I fought both 40 and 47. I didn't fit, fit in at 47 either. It's a big difference between 140 and 147. Seven pounds is a lot. It is. And it, 47 is another thing for the people at home, a little inside boxing. It's the last weight class for eight-ounce gloves are, are loud. So 147 is a, is, a, is a very different weight class. You got the biggest guys in the sport who are still allowed to wear eight-ounce gloves, where normally everything above 147 wears 10-ounce gloves. Wow. So you got guys who could punch. You got guys who are fast. You got guys who are walking around much heavier than you, you would imagine uh, fighting a 47. 47-pounders uh, are big. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, that's a big ass to go up from 40 to 47. And from things I've heard, Josh Taylor's having trouble with the weight. So uh, having an injured injury to your plantar fasciitis at the bottom of your foot is going to make it really difficult to make weight as well. Running off those pounds is going to be pretty hard to do if your archer foot's hurt. So he's in a really weird spot, Taylor. He had yeah. so much momentum in 2021, 2020 to 2021. Um, you know, obviously, you can go back to the Regis Pro Grade win after that. Uh, became a champ there at 140. Uh, beat uh, Jose Ramirez, became undisputed. I almost feel like there's like an undisputed curse in a way because all of his belts, they started picking them off one by one, getting stripped by different organizations. Uh, and then he takes a really long time off, or not until to, to fight Catterall, uh, or seven months. It was after the Catterall fight that now everything seems to be really falling apart. Uh, you know, injuries, and he can't fight in the U.S. He's, he's caught up in that Kinahan stuff. And I, I just don't know, man. It, I feel like this is a guy that was a lock to go up to 147. He was talking about a Crawford fight. He was talking about some of the names at 147. All right, we're going to have another uh, guy in the mix at Walter Wade. He's a taller fighter at 5'11", and maybe he can uh, fill into 147 and, and be a force there. But I feel like now he's in, like, no man's land. Like, he's obviously going to be on the shelf for a little bit with this injury. Uh, two of his belts have been taken away. 147, like, he's not getting any title shot anytime soon there. I mean, look what's going on with Poots, Stanionis, Virgil Ortiz. Not only that, it's like, I don't know if he'll be have the same advantages that he does at 140 over some of these guys that he'll have at 147. So he's stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. Um, it's going to be it's – it's interesting to see where he's going to go in the, in the next couple of months. But I don't think it's yeah, going mean, to be a fight at 140. Yeah, I, 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 that's again. My reports that I'm hearing is it's the weight is, is an issue. Um, you know, there was a bunch of pictures came out. He blew up at the Ramirez fight, which, understandably, he was celebrating. It was around the holidays, and you know that happens. And he had he had to come down, take off a lot of weight to make that Carroll fight, which got delayed a few times. A few times. Um, and yeah. now we're here. So, uh, yeah, B back to my point about making weight with a with a an injury to your foot. Good luck. That's gonna be really tough. Final factor fiction: this power slap league. I did a video on it. It's everywhere. 
Um, they had their first episode last week on TBS. Um, I think it's barbaric. I think it's grotesque. I think it's trivial. I think it's disgusting. But that being said, fact or fiction, Power Slap will make it to a second season on TBS. Hell yeah, it does. Power Slap's awesome. How? <laughs> How you, Chris, someone that is a very educated person. You are, you have freaking d- degrees coming out of every angle. You know the sport in and out. You know the human body. You're a fighter safety advocate. We've done whole episodes on it. You're okay with guys getting s- literally slapped unconscious where there's no defense. Absolutely. This is, has nothing to do with boxing. This has nothing to do with with uh, you know our sport. Kinda so if, is if though. You, if you comp- if you no, it doesn't. If it's you in the same. It, that, it's in the same little family. People have asking me no, in the it office. Is not. Absolutely not. That, that will piss me off. If, if people start thinking about this and boxing, the same thing. The sweet science is the sweet science. Slap. This is a bunch of idiots who are knocking their brains out of each other. They're going to do it anyway. Put it on TV. It's it's entertaining. It's, it's entertainment. People do a lot of dumb things. They do it in Russia. Okay. It's only allowed in like Eastern European sense. countries. Why is it aired? Like, why is it aired in the U.S.? Because we uh, we like seeing people get knocked out. We like we like the the the, the stupidity of it all. Listen, people do dumb things all the time. Uh, Jackass was a very popular show. No, not, not even Jackass. But, um, the, bump fights. Uh, bump fights. I mean, I, I, Jackass too. You're watching people get hurt, and and people like that kind of stuff and doing stupid things. And slap fighting is very stupid. Very stand in front of you. We're gonna slap each other one for one. Uh, it's very very stupid. But people like it. And do people I'm not like say it I though? Don't. I, I, that's what I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand why you would want to watch it. Like, it's there's no they get skill. views like crazy. I feel Instagram. like it gets views like these viral things that come out. Like, the guy's face blew up. That wasn't power stop. That was a different one. Yeah, that was that was that, bad. That, I, I understand. That, like, yeah. you watch MMA because there's skill to it. There's no, different science. styles, it's, it's signs. You watch skill, boxing yeah. because there's it's different styles that we love and there's moving and it's it's a chess match there's no chess match here you're literally just slapping your opponent and whoever like still standing at the end yeah it's it's a dunk contest it's a home run derby it's it's you're just you're just diluting everything down to you know that that it's it's the world we live in it's the culture we live in it's idiocracy in, in in sport you're just you're just dumbing everything down to the, the the one piece that we want to see the guy get hit, and people are gonna watch it. I I, I think do. we can agree that it's dumb. I think we figured that out. Oh, it's um, so dumb. But so dumb. I I'm shocked that you are that you seem to like it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not paying for it. I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch it. But if it comes up on my feed, I'm I'll, I'll watch a guy a big dude slap another dude or <laughs> some chick slap the other chick, whatever. But yeah. But I th- protect but listen, yourselves at all times. We literally say it. it. We protect ourselves at all times. We I say at the end of every show. They say at the beginning of every fight. You can't protect yourself here. In fact, you're no. penalized if you brace for any contact. <laughs> Your problem is you're, you're you're thinking of this in the same vein of what we do and what we what we what we love. It's in the it's same not. family. Uh, that 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 agitates me. That the fact that that people look at it like that because. I used to always say whenever when I was when I was young and people found out that I was a boxer and friends, family, whatever, just people I come across, they're like, "Oh, do you like getting hit?" And I said, "No, not at all. I like hitting people. I really don't like getting hit, but that's not the point of the sport. The point of the sport is to hit and not be hit. So anyone who compares slap, whatever, what is it? What is slap? Slap? What is it called? Power slap. Power. We're giving it so much publicity. Very stupid name too. Um, 
anyone who compares that to the sweet science is just completely, completely illiterate to what boxing is, what fight sports, combat sports are. That's not a combat sport. It's not a sport. It's, 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 yeah, it's that's a thing. thing. It's not really a sport. Yeah. It's like a competition. It's like a tough man competition, but it is kind of looked at in the same like umbrella as a one-on-one where there's like a strike involved, which can kind of be boxing, kind of be MMA. I mean, Dana White is involved with it. And I understand, like, I understand it's like, oh, just don't watch or like they're, they're not doing it against their will. I just think it, it sets like a bad precedent for combat sports. I think, especially to, in today's age where look at football, like they're getting rid of big hits. There's a lot more emphasis on concussion safety and, and all that. And then you turn on TBS and you're literally watching people get slapped until they're concussed. Like it just yeah, doesn't oh, make yeah, any no. sense. It's so stupid. It, sh- it should be called concussion contest because <laughs> that's all it is back and forth. But yeah, I mean, listen, people do stupid things and people will watch it. I, I don't think it makes it makes it to a second season. I, I think not only that, like I think if you do watch an episode, like it kind of like loses its luster a little bit. It's like it's funny when you watch it and like a, if you're scrolling through TikTok and you watch like a seven second clip. Someone getting slapped. Oh, yeah. wow. Holy crap. That was that was crazy. Move on to the next video to sit there and watch a half hour. That's a just good like, point. Bah, bah, I, that's it. That's it. I never even th- I never I never even thought about it being a TV show. Like I don't I don't you you put this on here. I was like, why are we why was we talking about this? But yeah, I, I couldn't even think of it as a TV show. I literally only see like clips on on Instagram, um, or or people sign them to me or whatever. But I always just thought it was so crazy. These these crazy Russians are slapping each other in the face. That's what I mean. It. If it's in, if it's coming from Russia and we're we're now bringing it to the states, then that's like should be red flag number one. Are they doing it in the states? No, right? Yes, my friend. Like, like, like holding it literally. Like, yes, like it's in United wow. States, Vegas. My friend, uh, Jason Griggs, uh, does real estate out in Vegas. He has a pretty, really cool Airbnb that he owns. They're using his house to do like they're all okay. staying in one house. I think that's the aspect of it. They're doing like a uh, what's the stuff a that reality UFC show? Slap yes, fast? yes, like a reality UFC type of uh, Ultimate Fighter, Ultimate Slapper. And they're all staying at his house. You're familiar with the movie Idiocracy, right? No. No. Okay. So uh, it was Mike Judge, the guy who made Beavis and Butthead. He made this movie called Idiocracy in the early 2000s. And it's it's the idea that over time, society is just going to get dumber and degrade itself into idiocracy. So this is this is what this is the start of that. No, not the start of it, but this is, this is a product of that. People are getting dumber. People are watching dumber things. Don't disagree um, there. Yeah, you should you should watch that movie. It's uh, it's 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 pretty telling for what's been happening recently. I posted a video about it, and I was like a hundred percent agree agree rate on the comments below, which never happens on social media. Uh, so that's a positive thing. The people that watch the show and follow along uh, do think it's ridiculous, and I don't think it sees a second season. So we'll see. We'll have to. Uh, I think Dana White is. Well, you 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 see, you're 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 optimistic, Dan. You think that the uh, the, the culture and the society is 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 uh higher brain than and are gonna be like oh this is terrible i am optimistic c uh, pessimistic ca and i think people are are like to watch dumb stuff i can't believe dana white would would champion this and like someone that like it just doesn't look good for him obviously with him slapping his wife and then slap fight comes out <laughs> not only point. that that's and then on top of it <laughs> like this is a guy that's like the head of a trying to be a legitimate sport in in mma and in ufc i just think that's a bad look I think it's a bad look. Well, anyway, let's move on uh, before we say goodbye. There's a big fight this weekend. ESPN Plus uh, coming from the UK. Arthur Betterbiev, 
arguably the scariest man in all of boxing. He's 18-0 with 18 knockouts. He's taken on Anthony Yard, who also has a long list of knockouts himself. Um, this one's not going the distance. This one is surefire, inside-the-distance knockout. I think it will be better, BF. I'm kind of shocked by the amount of people that are giving Yard a chance in this fight. I think his best chance is blitzing better BF, kind of like what Joe Smith did. But we all saw what happened in that fight. Joe Smith got taken out pretty quickly. So if Yard does blitz better BF, he might be able to catch him a few shots because Yard is heavy-handed. But I just think he's just going to meet his fate of getting the 19th man to be knocked out by better BF. What are your initial thoughts on this matchup? I like the matchup for one. I think it's a, like you said, it's a shootout with two big punchers, uh, two aggressive guys. I don't think it's going to be hard for them to find each other. And that spells disaster for Anthony Yard. Better Bev is, is a, is a destroyer. And I think it, whether it happens early or it happens late, I think it happens. And I think it's better Bev by knockout, but it'll be fun for as long as it lasts, however long it lasts. Um, but you, you said that better Bev is the scariest man in boxing, but listen, he, he's been down. You know, he he leaves himself open at times. His, his his chin has been checked a few times. He's been down. He's gotten up to win, of course, and score knockouts because he has 100% knockout percentage. But yeah, I mean, there 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 is a path to victory, but to get through the power of better BF to get to that that victory is, I don't know. I don't I don't see Anthony Yard doing it. Over on DraftKings Sportsbook app, over six and a half rounds minus one ten, under six and a half rounds minus. Uh... 120. I'm trying to see if they can got uh, better BF to win by KO is plus 200. Kind of like that right there. I'll put mm. some money on that Ooh. one. Some plus money on a better BF uh, KO. Yeah, the one I'm trying to find things <clears throat> where you can find um, some some weaknesses of better BF. Um, I would say two things. Pretty inactive um, over the last couple of years. Seems like his body's breaking down a little bit. He's 37 years old. Uh, two fights in 2019, zero fights in 2020, two fights in 2021, only one fight uh, last year. Um, he does – he did go down against, uh, I think it was Callum Johnson, right? Yeah, and he went down once before that as well. And once down before that. But Callum Johnson was the most notable knockdown that, that he suffered. Yeah, left hook on the inside. Keep in mind, I went back and watched that fight. He outlanded Johnson 41-17 to after the knockdown. And then ended up knocking him out. Also knocked Johnson down in the first round, too. So, hey, you want to be a knockout guy? You got to be willing to stand and trade. Like, we we thought that Joe Smith was going to be able to catch him. But I think Joe Smith had probably a very bad game plan in in that fight. So, I think if – I think I do – I'll stick with it. That Yard will have to cautiously blitz better BF. How does that happen? How does what's how does Yard win this fight? Okay, so I did a breakdown for this actually. Um, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if we're gonna actually air it or not. But um, so Anthony Yard, he can win the fight because the guy can punch, especially with the right hand. And Better BF has been down by a right hand. He's also been down by a left hook. He was down by a right hand in that in that first fight. Um, I think he knocked out that same round. I, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Uh, but the Cal Johnson fight, he got hit with a left hook on the inside because Better BF is an offensive machine. When he gets going takes a little bit to get going but once he gets going man yeah. he he's looking for knockouts on every shot and he'll he has a tendency to get tall he gets so he gets so aggressive on his shots on the inside he likes to fight on the inside he's actually a pretty good inside fighter but there are holes there because he gets tall and he drops that that right hand because he's looking to to throw his own hooks so if yard can keep him at a distance 
and not let him cut off the ring and make the ring very small because Better Beef is very good at that. He's got a good jab. He's, he stalks guys, and he makes the ring very small. You don't have a lot of room. If he can stay calm, keep that distance, explode with the right hand from the outside, he has a really good 3-2, so he throws left hook, then the overhand right, yeah. which I think could potentially land, um, and that is his best punch. But I think on the inside is where Better Beef is, is most vulnerable. If he can throw those lunging, explosive shots and then keep his head on the inside, be smart, keep your your, your your earmuffs on, and look for the opening to throw the left hook, there is there is a path to victory that way, strategically, if we're talking X's and O's. But, again, like I said, he's got to have to get through the better be of jab, and every punch that guy throws is hard and has bad intentions on it, and he can knock you out with either hand. Better be of has never seen the 12th round. Yard's last 21 wins have all been by knockout. I love fights like this, puncher versus puncher. Oh, yeah. Um, if Yard does win, that's got to be one of the best wins of the last like five years. Huge upset, I think, and yeah, I mean that'll turn the, the division on on its head. And then I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Bivol, he's 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 chasing. It seems like he's back to chasing that Canelo fighter. Not that he ever really did, but he's that Canelo fight might happen. But I want to see undisputed. I want to see. You know, if Yard is to win that fight, I'd like, I think Bivol and him makes sense. Yeah, that's like the the nature of being a, a fight fan. It's like I want to see, like, obviously, who, let the the best man win. Uh, if Yard can find a way to beat Better BF, all that's great. That's the you know that's the beauty of sport. But it does kind of spoil one of the best three fights you can make in, in boxing right now, and that would be a yeah. Better BF Bivol fight. Although I don't, I don't see a path how that fight gets made this year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, with Canelo coming back um, in May, it looks like against Ryder. Um, I would be like, I think Bivol will probably fight sometime around then. And then they're mm -hmm. really, really talking about this Bivol Canelo rematch, but at 168. So now Bivol's going down to 168. <sighs> He's leaving the weight class. I don't understand why Bivol would would do that. I don't understand why Canelo would allow himself to kind of get that rematch with like an asterisk with, with you know not on Bivol's terms but it's up to Bivol if he wants to do that because that's more money uh, for him I'm not going to fault him for that but obviously all fans want to see better be of Bivol but politics are getting in the way as per usual politics you know, as and, usual and boxing has a is a has a tendency to drag out these fights that everyone wants and, and and listen, over time, things can happen and pitfalls happen and fights never happen or don't happen or don't occur because of everything that happened in between. And we see it all the time. And it's just an unfortunate pitfall for boxing. It's something that it's, we've known that boxing shoots itself in the foot on a regular basis. And we don't get the fights that everyone wants. I think Bivol better be of his. That's a top three fight in boxing. Would you agree? <sighs> Love that fight. Love that fight. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that's if you ask me what fights I really want to see this year or, or really as soon as possible, that that's that's high on the list. Yeah, so better be of yard. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. Afternoon fight. Love those over here in the U.S. because it frees up your, your yep. Saturday night. Thought we were going to get a, like an all-time uh, Saturday um, where we get better be of yard in the afternoon and then Charlo Zoo at night. Um, there'll be more of those this year. Where I think we, we get these uh, doubleheaders. Oh, did you see this? This has nothing to do with this fight, but did you see that Zilhai Zhang is fighting Joe Joyce? I did not. April 16th. Love that fight. That right there got me way more excited than it should have. 
uh, Love that fight. Got fight fans excited. I tweeted about it and got a ton of uh, people interacting with it because people know that that is a a good fight. A just a. It's not like either guy is close to a champ. Actually, Joyce is pretty close. It's not like either like there's no title on the line. Uh, it's not the biggest names, but fans know that when they watch that fight, Zhang is always in like fun, wacky, quirky mm-hmm. fights, and Joyce is. I think he's one of the most exciting guys to watch in boxing right now. That fight's going to be insane. And and that fight is very meaningful because the winner of that fight, I mean, it's a big risk for Joyce because he's right. He's really gotten himself into a really good position to, for getting one of the big guys in the ring. And Zhang recently, he's been fighting like a man possessed. He he, he knows that his opportunity may be slipping, so he's, he's taking every chance that he can. Um, huge opportunity for him because a big win there gets him in with one of the, in the talks with the big guys. Um, yeah, but it, I think all either way, I think it's a fun fight. Zhang is is a very powerful guy. His straight left hand is, is a dangerous shot. Um, good, very well schooled fighter. Uh, tough as nails. And Joe Joyce, we've talked about him many times in the show. He is the really impressed as of as of recently. The guy gets hit a ton, but he's a super athletic guy and he throws a million punches. I mean, what's not to like about this fight? Yeah, April sixteenth. Um, that could be on the afternoon, uh, setting up for. Uh, Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis at night in Vegas. So that could be a really fun day. Some really good fights coming down um, starting in the spring. Uh, there's some good ones in February, but it's really going to pick up in April. I'm looking forward to this Better Beav Yard fight. What's your uh, final prediction? I, I got Better Beav. I think he KOs him under six. Yeah, that's a safe bet. Um, See what it is. I have, I, have a, I have a suspicion that we could see more than six. I, I can see Anthony Yard using his athleticism, his hmm. explosiveness to to move around the ring a little bit and to, you know, stretch it out. And I think he goes down a few times, but I think he's got some dog in him. And he, he tries to get up and put, and, and make a run for it, but I think he'll finally succumb in those middle rounds. Arthur so better be able to nine. win in rounds 7 through 12 plus 230. Mm-hmm. That might, might be, be the that. play here. Because him to that. win in rounds 1 through 6 is minus 105. So <clears throat> Vegas is kind of agreeing with you here that Yard might be able to get into the the second half of the fight, especially yeah, if Better starts slow. and athletic enough. Yeah, and he's got a good jab, and that can kind of neutralize Better Beav. And Better Beav is a slow starter, <clears throat> and that's what I think that Joe Smith saw is the numbers that Better Beav doesn't throw as much in those first two rounds, and then he picks it up and gets into. He eventually settles into like the seventy punches per round, which is insane. For a guy that big, <clears throat> and I think that Smith was like, "I'm gonna come out and blitz him." Backfired. So- you know what I think happened with the Joe Smith fight? <coughs> Joe, Joe actually has a very good jab. He's very technical. I've known Joe since he was a teenager in, yeah. in the New York amateur scene. But um, he's got a very good jab. He's good. Te- he's good technically. Obviously, he's a very good puncher. He's very strong. Always has been. But I, I remember I've, I've talked about this on the show before. Sometimes you get hit with shots that maybe from the outside we don't see, but hurt you and changes the way you fight. I think I think better be of jab hurt Joe early on more than we actually saw. I, I, I saw it, but, um, and I think that kind of changed the game plan. He's like, all right, we're, we're in a fight. We got to go now. And I got to try and blitz him. I think Joe was probably going to come out and box more because Joe always tries to box. And then if a fights break out and he knocks you out. Um, but yeah, I think that he was rocked by the jab and early on and, and, and went into fight or flight mode. And I think he got caught that way, which could happen to, to Anthony Yard as well. Love the fight. Uh, that's the big one this weekend. That is our show this week. Enjoy the call. Enjoy Plant City. Get it out of there unscathed, Chris. Keep your head I, on a swivel. Uh, I will try. 
the first time I, I ran, I ran the entire length of Plant City yesterday, a six and a half mile run. Um, I won't be doing that again. Let's just say that. <laughs> all right, friends. Protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Stay out of those DMs. We out. We'll be right back.